0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, we got episode 4 of the Keto Savage podcast with Micah Massey as a special guest He is a lifetime natural competitive bodybuilder We're going to talk about the health clinic he works at, the ketogenic diet, flexible dieting We're going to talk about some of the nuances that go along with that type of lifestyle So it's going to be a very entertaining episode, I want you to all sit back, relax, and enjoy yourselves Hey This is Robert Sykes with the Keto Savage Podcast. I got special guest Micah on the line here. He's a competitive bodybuilder, powerlifter, and online coach. So, how you doing there, Micah?
1: Doing well, Robert. Thanks Good. for having me.
0: Absolutely, man. Thanks for thanks for being here. So, I'll give everybody that doesn't know you a quick uh, intro as to to what you're doing now in life.
1: Uh, so I'm Micah Massey. I've, you know, I've been. In bodybuilding since 2009, and have competed in seven shows, all natural, sh- natural shows. So NAMBF, WMBF uh, shows, and um, recently I did my first powerlifting meet for the USPA uh, back in August. Uh, but I've been in the health industry for about 10 years. um uh, started my career as a diet tech in a hospital. That's what really got me interested in diet um, after getting my degree in health science. And then I worked for companies like for WebMD um, as a health educator and had the opportunity to work for a company called Healthways. I did corporate wellness um, type approaches for preventative health and then currently working in a weight loss clinic supervised by a a doctor. Um, down in to University Place, Washington.
0: So. Very nice, very nice. What what uh, what exactly does your day-to-day look like at the, uh, the location there?
1: Uh, so currently what I do is I do exercise prescriptions. So I meet with patients that are in a weight loss program supervised by the, the provider or the doctor. And... Um, basically, you have to train differently when you are in an extreme caloric deficit, so these diets are under a 1,000 calories, and it's actually in ketosis, so ketogenic diet. Oh, really? Yes. And so you have to train differently, um, especially with this population, because they have a lot of health risk, health identifiers, like metabolic disease, um, so of them just have uh, you know a lot of problems with diabetes control, uh, diabetes management, um, so and they have like it's usually the population around like forty to sixty years old that we're working with. So these people some of these people have never strength trained before. Um, they've never done aerobic exercise. Uh so and a lot of them have like prior injuries like hip surgeries, uh knee surgery, shoulder issues. So um, a lot of them are hesitant to actually you know do strength training uh during a caloric deficit like that, but we always stress the point of you know if you want to retain your muscle as you're losing losing weight, then um, you definitely have to put forth that effort. So we we work through that. Um, some of our visits are about an hour long, uh, where we actually use train uh, use different exercises, show them how to work their full body, um, even in the comfort of their own home.
0: So are these are these patients? Do they come to the doctor, or are they admitted to this clinic?
1: Yeah. So they get referred, or by their doctors. Um, so it's through like multi care that network. Um, the doctor that I work for she used to work in primary care and she has a really good reputation so a lot of doctors uh, recommend their patients when they're seeking help for weight loss um, because they've battled with obesity for you know for a majority of their lives um, so they come to this clinic um, or they just walk in um, and we do info sessions um, you know so we get we get a variety of so what what's the name of the the full clinic? Uh, it's Rainier Medical Weights. Rainier Loss. Medical Place. Uh, Medical. It's Rainier Medical Weight Loss and Wellness.
0: Gotcha. I didn't realize that. Uh, I knew you were doing something on those because you just recently started doing that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, like two months ago.
0: Two months ago. And you mm-hmm. like it?
1: Yeah, I actually like the idea around. Um, whole health approach. So we have a nutritionist, we've got exercise specialists, um, we've got behaviors and habits, um, we have the provider, we have a medical assistant, we have nurse practitioners. So when they come in, they actually get to see a variety of different specialists to help them um, because it's not just about exercise, it's not just about nutrition, it's not even about those, it's just about behaviors as well. So they get to... Um, be able to go through a program that allows them to work through their different challenges. Um, so not just about weight loss.
0: So like when these doctors, uh, mm-hmm. when they when you work with the clients, you said they they got less than a thousand calories. Is that like a gradual thing? Or are they pretty much just trying to shock and all the body and just jump straight into that?
1: Yeah. So there's actually three options that the, a patient can go through. Um, the first one is a very low calorie diet where they are eating under a thousand calories. So they're basically all on our medical foods. So these foods are, you know, FDA approved. So what you see is what you actually get. Um, so everything that's in there is actually covering their daily values for vitamins and minerals. Um, they also get uh, supplements as far as like multivitamins. Um, we talk about probiotics. We talk about magnesium, like just the importance of different supplements while you're under a thousand calories. Um, and then uh, we have some people that are on like the modified low-calorie diet. So they are eating a you know above a thousand calories roughly about 1200 um, because some people just don't find that realistic to eat just our food and so we teach them how to eat and they use some of our foods and then they'll will teach them how to implement and incorporate their own by going shopping and nutrition and what to cook what to prepare, and they're still in actually ketosis um, if they follow that and then there's the healthy eating plan where we actually figure out their uh, maintenance calories. And then we go from there by reducing by 500 calories roughly. And um, it's a so- they're eating in a deficit, but it's at a slower rate of progress, of course, um, but some people find that a lot more realistic where they're tracking their macros, uh, protein, carbs, and fats, their fiber intake, even their sugar intake. So they're not necessarily in ketosis, but if they're losing one to two pounds per week, um, we find that they're able to sustain that and be able to still retain a lot of their muscle mass in the
0: process. It's awesome and that like goes hand in glove with what you're trying to do with the bodybuilding. I mean it's right, perfect. Right. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize that you were, you know, working with clients that were um you know, put on the ketogenic right. diet. How how are they responding to that?
1: So it's very interesting, um, when people come in and they've tried other approaches, like they've tried low carb and it just wasn't sustainable for them. It's very interesting. But when they come into this setting, I feel like they're coming in for a medically supervised program, so they're almost at their like this has to work mentality. Right. Um, and so their mindset's a little different. So when they go in, I mean, I explain what ketosis is and what they're going to experience as they transition into ketosis. And but after that, that first week. A lot of them say, like, wow, you know, I'm not as hungry. I'm not actually craving as many carbs as I thought I was going to. Um, I'd say, like, the biggest thing for them is just the social thing because um, that's just totally new for them. They're like, you know what? Like, it's not that I crave those, those carbohydrates. It's just more so it's all around me with other people. That was my lifestyle. So it's not right. I can't change the environment. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd say that's more the challenge for them. Um, Versus anything else. Are they
0: losing weight pretty quickly?
1: Yeah. So I would say, so a lot of them do have a a little bit more to lose than just an average person. Like, um, that's just looking for like 10 to 15 pounds. Some of these people are losing upwards to like 70, 80 pounds, even over 100 pounds, and they are losing at a pretty good rate, like three to five pounds uh, per week. And then we test the body compositions through an in-body um, monthly. So. Okay.
0: Do you all offer, like, training at the clinic, or is that just, you know, prescribed for them elsewhere?
1: Yeah, it's prescribed for them elsewhere. Like, we do have, um, we have dumbbells, kettlebells. We have TRX. We have um, just basic things because uh, a lot of people just don't have experience. Um, you know, and so it just depends on their... Environment like if they have access to a gym or if they just only have things at home. Uh, we kind of work around those and just show them. Um, one of the main things I do is I look at mobility uh, for most individuals, and then I look at their form for certain exercises like squat lunges um, because these movements are usually um, the harder ones for people to get the right form and technique. Right. Um, so, uh, so a lot of times they're just they're just trying to work their whole body um, twice a week at least, and then of course there's benefits to doing more. Um, so we just kind of work in there at their rate.
0: It's very very interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize the scope of what it was y'all were doing there, but it's much healthier to do it like you're saying as opposed to I guess this is kind of like their last ditch effort before doing like a bypass surgery or something, right? right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, a lot of people come in there and they try, like, multiple, uh, multiple uh, approaches. And by the time they get to us, a lot of them are just like, I need to get this weight off. And it's not even because of vanity. It's not because they want to look good. Like, of course, that's some of it. But a lot of when we ask them, they're like, I really want to be around for my family. Like, I'm too young to be able to have all these health issues or they're like all these health issues run into my family. Um, you know, so it's really, um, a different type of group, like a different type of um, population that you work with when they're at that point where they're, they're almost at their wit's end, you know?
0: So it's, I bet they're all pretty highly motivated though. So it's kind of refreshing to work with somebody that's, you know, that motivated.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, when it comes down to the general population, obviously when you work with bodybuilders or fitness competitors, you know, they are... You know, in that class where you tell them what to do and they'll just you tell them to eat dirt, they'll probably eat dirt. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so um, but, you know, when you have general population and to find people that are just generally motivated to make progress and really not change their their, um, their weight. But to be able to actually change their, their habits because they, they understand that their lifestyle has to change. And I think right. once they connect that, um, you know, it's very refreshing. So, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about
0: lifestyle, man. Like the general public, they, they think of fitness and nutrition as like a sub-entity of their day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Whereas the mentality, in my opinion, should be all towards, you know, inclusive. And it's all symbiotic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I I didn't even realize the scope of what you were doing. So that's that's very interesting for sure. Shoot, you probably know more about the ketogenic diet than me.
1: No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome, though, man. Like, it's, it's cool to be able to impact somebody's life. I mean, because like we're all doing shows, you know, it's and that's been a really big influence on my life. And it's, it's cool to react to it, you know, and relate with the competitors. But for those kind of people, like you see the hope in their eyes light up they get like spend another 10 years with their family and their loved ones like that's awesome you know that's life-changing so very cool um real quick what's uh i didn't i didn't realize you've done seven shows in the past already yeah seven man let's just dive into that man like what, what got you into it in the first place
1: oh so well you know what like growing up i never really was into sports um never was somebody that like was very very active. Um, I was into like martial arts. I did uh, karate. I did judo, um, but got injured in judo. Um, actually had to get knee surgery for it. Um, and I was in ROTC in high school, so I was more in that type of physical uh, fitness type world, uh, where it's more calisthenics. Um, but even then, I wasn't really into. To fitness very much, so or like really into team type approaches, like um, and so when I was in uh, when I was when I graduated high school, that's when you know I got my first like my Bowflex, got a Bowflex for graduation. <laughs> And I just really wanted to work out. Like, for some reason, like, I I gravitated towards that. So I would go to, like, GNC and I'd read, like, Muscle and Fitness and, like, Flex magazines. You know, that was just basically all the information they had back then. Yeah. Um, back in, like, 99. And, you know, I was just so intrigued and interested in what people were doing. And, of course, like, these people are monsters in the magazines. Oh, Yeah. And I never thought like, oh, you know, like I'm going to get that huge. But my goal was, hey, let's see what I could do. I mean, I weighed 130, 36 pounds when I graduated high school. And I was just like, you know, I could eat whatever I wanted. My metabolism was really high. Um, and I lived in Hawaii. So, of course, that really helped. You know, you eat a lot, never gained a lot, never gained a lot of weight. But I... uh I made it a, made it a effort, like made a really a, a huge effort to eat as much as possible, you know, all sort of clean foods, like I ate a lot of, you know, whole grain pastas. I ate a lot of carbs because I could uh, simulate a lot of them. So I didn't know anything about nutrition. I basically tried to follow diets that were on these magazines and then I gained, I went up to like 150 pounds my first year of like lifting on the bow flex. You know, that's, just really that's consi- awesome, man. I was just like really consistent and I was still relatively lean. Like I was still in like under 10% body fat. Um, and, you know, that just like drove me. Like I, I was just so interested. And then eventually um, after I graduated, well, after I graduated, graduated college, I really got into like bodybuilding.com and that's where like a lot of information was just readily available at my fingertips and i think that's what got me into uh bodybuilding cuz i ran into like lane norton uh followed all his like um, his uh his videos on on lifestyle of a natural bodybuilder right and i had no concept of natural bodybuilding um, before that, I was just thinking like IFBB, NPC, and that was it. There, there was no such thing as natural shows. And so once I found out that there was like, wow, there, there's really like natural competitors, and these people look like it's realistic on what you can achieve. Um, you know, I did my first show um, in 2012 with the NABF with uh, Washington State Natural up in, uh, uh, em- uh, where's that place at, up north, it's before they went to the Tulalip Casino. Basically. It was the
0: same show though?
1: Yeah, yeah, Edmonds. yeah, it was back, it was in Edmonds, and I did my first show and I had no idea what I was doing, I think I did it in like less than 12 weeks, I just was like so motivated just to do it. Right. That- that- um, I contacted the promoters. They were like, "Hey, you need to start posing I'm like YouTube." Like, <laughs> 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 so, but they hooked me up with uh, my posing uh, with a posing coach, and she was amazing. And you know, I still I still work with her. And you know, going through that process, you know, it was very very fun for me. I I loved it. It just made sense for me. Um, I think I finally found my place with doing it. Um, Yes, I did. I did my first one in 2012, and then you get that bug, you know, and you're like, oh, I gotta compete again. So, the fall of 2012, and then I fell through that cycle of, you know what, I'm gonna compete every year. So I competed every year um, through 2015, and so that's that's how I was able to get seven shows. Yeah,
0: quick. that's that's quick, man. Have you did you see much like many um, gains year to year competing every year like that?
1: No, man. Of course not. I, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I would have you know 4, six, 6 months, and you know, like when you get off a contest prep diet, um, you kind of ha- you go through that process of getting out of your diet and yeah. getting hormonally stable, feeling good again, and. Uh, I felt like I was running my body into the ground basically. And yeah. I was like, man, by two months, I feel great. And then another two months I got to start contest prep again. And it yeah. just didn't make sense to me. I'm like, man, they keep telling me I need to get bigger, but I can't do that in four months. Mm-hmm. And in six months. Um, It just doesn't, you know, that's not how my body operates, you know. And in the natural game, you have to be patient in the process. I figured that out, finally. Yeah. Um, So, took that time away um, before starting this one.
0: So, So, when was your your last one the same one that I did, right? 2015.
1: The same one as you, you know?
0: So, So, we both had about a year and a half off, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be good. It'll be interesting to see what we what we have gained in the off season, man. But it is crazy <laughs> how like new first time competitors, like just where their heads at in the whole process. Like, <laughs> there's just so many things that I thought I knew and hadn't a clue when I first started. Yeah. Um, and I guess it goes like that for everybody. I mean, unless you have like a mentor going into it, but like everybody. You know, when they're like a month out from the first show, they're like, "I'm never doing another show again. It's not happening. I'm doing this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be done with it." And then yeah. as soon as they step off stage, you're like, "Man, I got to do another show." And then yeah. you get into the cycle of doing one every year, like you're saying. And then before you know it, it's like they're hooked, but they're not really seeing any gains because they're not giving their body time to recover.
1: Exactly, man. And so now that I'm coaching other people, I highlight, I stress that so much to them that. I tell them when you're first competing and you step off that stage, you're gonna know whether you want to do it again or you're not. I mean, it's it's 99% um, a surety that when some one of my competitors steps off the stage, they're like, you know what, I absolutely loved it, so I want to do it again. Or they'll get off the stage and be like, you know what. I, that was a great process, I think. I think I'm I'm done for a while. Yeah. yeah so I, I tell them that, you know, that you know, as long as you're learning throughout the process as, you know, and I stress the importance of now, like, a building phase, you know, and making making proper improvements, um, that it takes time. And I try to, I don't try to try to burst their bubble for competing, like, you know, compete in the next few months or anything like that. I give them a lot of information that I didn't have. Like I didn't know. I'm like your hormones, you know, you want to feel healthier. You want to have somewhat of a normal life. Yeah, you wanna absolutely. balance. want to make progress on other goals, you know, and bodybuilding is, and, and fitness competitions are just one piece of the puzzle, you know? And, um, and so it's, I think it's, it's a lot better, um, being able to get, some perspective because you've come off on such a high. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, it's crazy, man. It's a, it's a drug. Like after I came off my first show, I was like in a state of euphoria for three months. And then like after that was over, like I just didn't know how to come back to the general public. I feel like i have been in prison for 20 years and didn't know how to come back. You know, it was, it was surreal, but uh, it is, it's crazy though. But I mean, people gain such a greater perspective of, what their capabilities are after having gone through a contest prep they, I, I just don't know any other way they could experience those things you know
1: yeah, yeah that's for sure man most people um, that come you know as audience and family and friends they only see a snippet they see the finished product and or when they get posted posted photos on social media they only see the finished product everybody's a little different in their journey to get to that stage um so some people may not look you know the way that somebody thinks they should be looking when they step on that stage um but they don't know what they had to go through to even get there absolutely so. I've, I've got i've got respect
0: for anybody that steps foot on a stage you know whether they look better than the next guy or not you know just being there is, is something to be proud of um so hats off to any any competitors for sure. Definitely. So how's your prep going thus far? You've been prepping now for, what is it, it like it
1: 20 it weeks is, or something? Seems like 20, 25 years. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's been 14 weeks. Uh, so I started 32 weeks out uh, for the April show. And I'm going to... So 14 weeks in and actually it's going really well. Um, I'm quite surprised at how quickly time flies, um, when you're in contest prep. Like I oh, kind of, yeah. so um, but I'm down, you know, 17.1 pounds. I started at 193.5 uh, pounds down to 175.8. How tall um, are you? 5'6". Uh, 5'6? Five, six. Five, six. Yeah. So I did get, you know, about Pretty fluffy in the off season, um, but I will say that now that I can see uh, physique changes week to week, uh, it's it just makes sense on why I had to take away take eighteen months away from the stage. Yeah, yes. I am probably in a better spot now than when I was last, uh, twenty fourteen when I was prepping for twenty fifteen.
0: Absolutely, man. What have have you? Uh, always kind of gone the route because there's so many different ways of skin a cat have you always kind of ga- gone the route where you get a lot heavier in the off season and then cut down over a longer period of time or is that yeah. something new
1: no I would say like this is the heaviest that I've ever been since I got married in 2017 oh 20, 2007 and when I got married I was like Con 5 fluffy Like <laughs> <laughs> I was like I, I was like I was the power. I lifted while well, heavy, you know, and yeah. um, so I was like a hundred. I was close to two hundred pounds, but I did not look the way that I looked at like one ninety three. Um, you know, I I figured that I was going to gain weight um a lot more than when I did my four to six four to six months, and I expected that. Um, my happy weight, I guess my um, my happy weight in my previous building phases were like 165. Like I could literally eat whatever I wanted and stayed at 165. And when I, most of my, before I started my other contest prep, I started in like 170s and I whittled down to like 150, like the lower 150s, higher 140s um, by contest. Uh, where where but, did you compete at on your last show? 147.8 pounds man yeah i knew it
0: was in i I could just sworn it was in the 140s i didn't know what what exactly though yeah that's pretty light man
1: <laughs> yeah it was pretty it was pretty crazy man i was like getting worried i was like man my contest prep low was like 144 and
0: but you were co- diced
1: man you look good yeah <laughs> thanks man um but yeah my coach he uh He would give me, like, refeed days, and I'd lose weight the next day. Like, that's how deprived I think my body was. Yeah. And um, by peak week that lasts uh, for 2015, I he kept giving me, like, 300 carb, you know, 400 carb, and I wouldn't gain any weight. Um, And, you know, he was just like, man, like, you can take on a lot of carbohydrates than, you know, a lot of other people and slow pretty quickly. So I you know, I was eating tons of carbs just to fill out, um, for that show. So, um, but yeah, this and contest prep way different. Um, even my training's different mm-hmm. than previous contest preps. How so? So I'm doing DUP, Daily Undulating Periodization, um, working with Roger and Allie Baker, Rab Fitness, um, and Tri-Cities. been working with them since uh, last December. And I just figured, like, you know what? If I'm going to work with a coach in contest prep, how ideal would it be if they already knew what my body did? And right. so, I, so I work with them, and they came up with their programming, um, towards like, you know, more, uh, volume, cause volume and playing around with frequency. So I'm doing like a lot more bench, I'm doing deadlifts over pressing, like all these big movements. And I, I've never really done a lot of those big movements, like, you know, frequently throughout the week and even when I was doing contest preps, You know, I would be like, no, I can't do that because that's like, that's at risk for injury. Like there's just no way. Or when I did it, I didn't do as much volume that I could probably done. Right. And I feel like with this now, um, I'm being able to retain a lot of my strength, which is really surprising to me. Like my strength is still really good, 17 pounds lighter. And you know, when I was in the 180s, like the lower 180s, I think I was stronger when you know stronger in the 180s at a deficit than when I was at 193. You know, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's it's and, awesome when your strength starts going up after you've been
1: prepping. Yeah, so I think that's made a huge impact on even how I um, train my clients now. I'm like, whatever got you to gain muscle in the in the building phase, you don't want to take that out during contest prep. Yeah. You want to use the same type of approach. Of course, you're going to have to lower some of the loads um, and some of the intensity so that your body can recover as that deficit gets even further down the road. Um, but it just makes sense. Um, you know, I look at Cone Wolf. You know, his he's lifting all sorts of heavy weight still, and you know, and the muscle that you can retain by doing that, uh, it's just. You know, makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. that's key. A lot of people, there's so many misconceptions when it comes to like building versus cutting, mm-hmm. and it's been just like drilled into the general public's mind that you lift heavy weight to build, <laughs> and then you lift lighter weight with more reps to cut. <laughs> right. And that's what everybody says, and it's like, well, not really. It's all about <laughs> nutrition. I mean, I I try and lift just as heavy. Like I write down all my, uh, like right mm-hmm. before I started prep I wrote down all my PRs for a working set and I'm going to try and maintain that same number throughout the whole process. I mean, I, realistically, I probably will go down some, mm-hmm. but, um, I mean, the closer I can maintain those numbers, the better. Cause then that's just what, like, if your body starts lifting much less weight, it realizes that it doesn't need that muscle to lift that weight. So you lose the muscle. I mean, pretty simple yeah. process.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's made a, it's made a huge impact as, as far as, you know, my perspective on contest preps and, you know, as far as training and diet and, you know, how even, you know, I, I share that with not even just my clients, but even like on my social media, you know, the things I learn, I feel like it's, it's easy, like easily you can look at, look it up on Google. You can look up so much information. It's, it's not that I should. I don't feel a need to be able to hold all the information for my clients.
0: Right. You know? It's good to have a reputable source, though, such as yourself, putting out that good information because, I mean, people can have, you know, analysis paralysis where they're just getting this overload of information. They don't know. They're, like, frozen. They don't know what to do. Um, And there comes a point where the the best thing to do is just do something, you know? Like, you'll figure out your body. You'll learn as you go you can't like wait for the stars to align to start or else you'll never start.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing too, is that, you know, when you, when you work with people that they've obviously tried other approaches and just the fact that they're willing to try another approach or add to their foundation um. of what's working. Cause at the end of the day, like, you know, I still take, you know, I did the bro dieting, you know, approach, and for the first couple of years of contest prepping, and um, I still take some of those those learning points into flexible dieting because you have to know you have to have a foundation of food, um, and if you only look at the future approach and never find out like what was working in the past like never move forward you know you're just gravitating to the next new new shiny toy
0: i agree completely i do i'm kind of going off on a tangent with the keto contest prep right now i I, your guess is as good as mine on how that's gonna turn out (laughs) so i'm kind of a human guinea pig right now but i figured i'd best way to learn is to do it you know
1: yeah, that's right, man. But, I, I mean, honestly, like, the things that you've been able to do in keto gives me a whole different perspective on training. You're like, I see you training, and I'm like, dang, and he's in keto. <laughs> yeah. And able to make, you know, a lot of difference. I think you're breaking down, you know, a lot of um, myths out there when it comes down to... Um, properly building and keto, you know, and, yeah. and what it's going to look like when you prep. I mean, you already look like, <laughs> you already look really good, man. Uh, I appreciate
0: it, man. I really do. I, I don't, I, the whole goal of this is to like break down some of the myths and find a healthier alternative, um, To just doing different there's no one right way to do contest prep so if I can bring a healthier alternative to the mix that Mm -hmm. other people might respond well to that's, that's the goal with this and I mean I did the whole two years in Kedar I guess a year and a half in the off season and I saw good results I felt better so I'm like well I'll just rather than trying to you know change it again I'll just try and continue the process through prep and see how it goes but I mean once you actually switch over And you're in ketosis. Those first that first month's pretty hard. Those first two weeks are really rough. But once you switch over, I mean, your body adapts, and like I've I've gotten stronger. I've gotten. I'm able to maintain a lean body weight. I don't hold water weight because I don't have the glycogen. Yeah. And I just feel mentally better, and I feel like it's a healthy healthy alternative you know so we'll see my, my only concern is how I'm going to be able to fill out on stage like I, I don't doubt that I'll be able to get lean enough Yeah. I just want to make sure that I'm able to fill out I'm able to get a pump I was able to get really good pumps in the off season yeah. um, so hopefully I'll be able to maintain that as I'm leaner with a deficit but uh, it, it's interesting, man. I'm excited to be backstage <laughs> with all of y'all. And yeah. y'all be like, yeah, man, I'm at 30, 40 grams of fat. I'm like, yeah, I'm at 200.
1: And we're like, I, 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 I was go. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, it, it de- definitely brings in a, a different different scope of how you can approach prep because, you know, there's some people, I mean, I say a lot of people that struggle with the carbohydrate intake alone when you have to drop carbs. I mean, and, you know, for, for some, it's just, like, not a big deal. Like, they expect it. They just endure it. And then there's some people, especially, like, new-time competitors, um, people that have tried it, even flexible dieting, and they manipulate their carbs and proteins and fats. And at the end of it, they're still eating low, you know, low-carb, low-fat, and to sustain their progress. And if you can find a way that, hey, you know what, like, you know, the, you know, just tracking my macros, I know it works, but when my carbs get really low, my, my mental fatigue, you know, I can definitely see myself binging a lot more and, you know, I fell in that trap, you know, I think we all do. Absolutely. Falling that trap after contest prep, you're like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I'm supposed to reverse out of my diet a little bit, but... That ain't happening. Like, <laughs> did, did you did you
0: rebound after your first show?
1: Uh, I rebound after like the first couple of shows, man. Like, I, you know, my first attempt towards like trying to peak my my physical appearance was back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and it was like a local gym type contest and. I ran my body into the ground at 12 weeks I had like no idea how to do anything and I just dropped my carbs um out of every meal basically by the end of it doing two hours of cardio at the end of it I was just like you know what I don't even care and I, I ate like a large pizza all by myself by Pizza Hut I went and ate all you can eat sushi I you know I just ran my body into the ground and within like a week, I gained like I don't know, up to twenty pounds. I think.
0: Yeah, and, it's it's and, unreal, man. What your body yeah. does like yeah. that week after a show.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, what the heck? And I digestion issues. I just couldn't assimilate anything, you know. And um, but of course, I never learned. So the next two times that I contest prepped um, in twenty twelve and twenty thirteen, like I just had this unhealthy relationship with food, like. Yeah. You know, I was just like, man, it just didn't make sense for me to be so restricted in a contest prep, which made sense, you know, you had to eat less, but restrictive as far as like foods and food choices. And so by the time I was done with contest prep, I felt so deprived, I'd be able to eat Italian food, I'd be eating all sorts of foods and gaining tons of weight, gaining so much body fat in a short period of time. And don't get me wrong, you have to gain body fat, but in a short period of time, it's such a stressor on the body. It's yeah. terrible. Your body image just goes out the window.
0: Oh, and you get depressed, uh, man. Like it's such yeah. <laughs>
1: such a mental aspect
0: to it. Yeah. It's like your, your mind, and everybody's is a little bit different. But like for me, after my first show, because I went from 230 to 150 in three months, mm. and like I just basically starved myself to get there. Yeah. And then afterwards it was like my my brain didn't send the chemical uh leptin through my body or whatever and I had like no sense of fullness. <laughs> I didn't I didn't even know what being full felt like. Yeah. Like it didn't register. So mm-hmm. I could eat I could eat, man. I would sit down and eat 20,000 calories in a meal. <laughs> and then I'd like realize that I just ate 20,000 calories in a oh. meal and then I'd be like depressed and then I'd like there was a couple times where I even forced myself to puke, you know, and that's like yeah. When you're doing that, it's like this is not a healthy lifestyle.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, everybody, you know, struggles. And I tell people, like, contest prep is hard. But post-contest, that's when, you know, the mental game really hits you because you come off such that high. And then you have nothing. You have, like, no showing. You have no show coming up. So you almost left out of sorts, you know. You're coming off that high. You just don't know. Like you're so tunnel vision at that point. By the end of it, so you know, it's it's definitely a a different type of challenge when after you're done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's awesome. It's awesome to be able to relate with people like this, though, man. Like the camaraderie at the show that we're doing. Kevin James put on an awesome show, but like to be able to sit down backstage and relate with the other competitors. I mean, I. I don't know what the the classes uh, weight are. I forget. But is it one sixty five cutoff?
1: Uh, one sixty five cutoff.
0: So yeah. you and I probably be in the same class. In the same class, man. That's that's awesome, man. So here <laughs> we are. We're competitors, and we're just talking on podcasts. You know, that's it's awesome.
1: Yeah, man. I to be honest with you, like I've never competed in the NBC or other organizations, and I ever since I'm just glad that I did my first. Show in like a natural organization because that's what, you know, the people that you meet, um, and even backstage, like, yeah, we're competitive, but we're all friends. Like, that's the thing. We can all relate. Um, nobody's out to get anybody else, you know, and I've just heard horror stories in other, like, other organizations, but it's just, that's one of the components that keeps me you know going to these shows like even when i'm not competing and i like, attend these shows it's just exciting because you see the people that you know you followed their journeys you saw them backstage when you were competing and even people in the audience you know it's just it's an amazing um environment it's almost like
0: family Thanksgiving you know everybody gets together you, you know about everybody you see them all on social media you kind of you know correspond with them and then this day comes and you're all together in the same room again yep. in the off season or whether you're competing you know it's just it's just good
1: yeah when you finally get to meet people from social media though like you know I had um, you know I saw you compete like I saw your progress when you're working with Khan um, Amy uh, Roush like I saw her on Instagram, and then we finally met up at, you know, the WMBF show and and, uh, competing with each other. Like, you know, that's just exciting to be able to finally meet people uh, that you've been, like, seeing their journeys, and you've never met them before, and then, boom, you you see them on, you know, show day.
0: Yeah, it's it's awesome, man. It, It definitely lights a fire in your belly to, like, be the best you could be, and then also push all your friends and competitors to be the best they can be. It's yeah, just there's nice. nothing else like it. And I I've, I've done two NPC shows before, and you just you don't get that with those, you know. At least in yeah. my experience, and maybe it's the location, maybe it's the show, but camaraderie with the WNBF shows are phenomenal.
1: Yeah, for sure. For
0: and we sure. we got we got quite the crew coming to this one. We got Lionel, Con, <laughs> you, myself. Is is Lionel doing a show before?
1: Do you know? No, I don't think he is. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a great show, man, as far as who's showing up and um that's always like a competitive stage, which is awesome, you know. Yeah. So
0: am um, I am I going to be up against Lionel again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, you know, he he had a late start, but you know what? He's when he like is dialed in he is it's crazy man but um but I expect like an epic battle man yeah uh, <laughs> I feel
0: like the Ronnie Coleman Jake Cutler you know <laughs> trilogy going on here
1: but it's yeah it's been very interesting because I think his last show was the one that we we all did you know
0: yeah yeah and then Aaron Orton did his earlier this year got his pro card <laughs> right yeah he he looked great too
1: he did man i was there when i saw him win his pro card and i was like man you are this is what happens when you are mentally driven to push your body to a whole new level like it's possible
0: absolutely man
1: so is
0: uh I'm trying to get caught up on the rules and regulations here. They, they recently changed the show too. It's now like a super pro qualifier. Is that
1: pro qualifier? So as long as you win your class, you actually become a pro. They do have an overall at the end. There is still an overall. Yeah. Still an overall at the end. I believe it's just that, you know, it's all the, all the, the class winners. Um, so
0: interesting. Very cool. Yeah. I'm excited. It'll be good. Kevin Linda put on a good job. Good show. Um, how much more time you got, man?
1: As much time as you need,
0: man. Alrighty. Well, let's let's uh, tell me about your coaching, man. Your online coach. You started that four months ago. How's that going for you?
1: It's going it's going well, man. Um, I you know I, I made the decision. You know I I did I did some coaching last year. People people reach out to you because I mean I post all sorts of stuff like. You know, maybe too much sometimes, but I post a lot of information and, you know, I post, you know, photos and people just come out and they'll ask me like questions, they'll message me, you know, and I got to the point where I was like, man, you know what? I really love helping people. You know, yeah, I coach people in like a clinical setting or in, like corporate wellness, my other jobs, but um, I really do like helping people, and I just really got into, like, hey, you know what, maybe I can make this an actual, like, side business and make, make you know, cultivate it. And so like, four months ago, I was like, I made the decision, like, let's go ahead and, and you know, register for a business license and do it the right way. And, um, you know, I think that's been very fun to – you know, promote something that's yours and be able to help, um, help people. So right now I've been working with, and I work with like five to eight individuals, you know, at a time. I mean, I think that's the most I've worked with so far. Um, but it's, you know, I have people that are in preps, I have people that are just trying to build, and I even have people that are just trying to be healthy. And so I work with a, know a variety of different people and i feel like that's you know that's just a passion of mine so that's that's been very uh I'm very grateful for that
0: absolutely man are you doing um what, what's the official name of the business now it's just so a name
1: yeah, yeah. So I couldn't just do a Team N T, tea, you know. I couldn't do that because it's copyrighted, of course. And so I did Micah's Team Motivation, Nutrition, and Training all spelled out. Um, so that way I'm not going to get sued. Uh, yeah, you don't want you don't want to get sued. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I did it. I was like, man, I'm really into the Ninja Turtles. You know, like people that know me. Um, I'm always like. Wearing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. And yeah. for my routine with 2015, I did, I did one towards the, the theme song. Uh, but, you know, I, but when I was coming up with the name, I was like, you know, I really, I really wanted something that was going to be, you know, special. And so that's why I came up with that name. And of course team and motivation had to be first you know, because we all need support. Um, and all my competitors, they, they do know each other. So I have my own Facebook, um, closed group with all the people that I work with, even the ones that have kind of moved on, they're still in that group. So they can still feel that sense of camaraderie. Yeah. Family. And we just motivate each other, you know, through that, that course of um, social media outlet. It's
0: awesome, man. Like, one one of the reasons I wanted to interview you for the podcast is because like you put so much attention, energy and thought into like all of your your posts on Facebook. Like there's a lot of social media content out there nowadays and a lot of it is often made just to get another like or thumbs up. But like you post religiously and it's always something you could tell that you put some thought into so I appreciate that man it's good it's quality content
1: <laughs> well I appreciate you saying that man um you know I it's interesting cause I, I I'll post at all times during the day you know I I uh if a thought comes into my mind and I'm like man yeah let, that sounds sounds like that sounds like a <laughs> a, good, a good thought I'll, I'll put it in there um rather than doing it later and um, so I try to, you know, especially during contest prep, you know, um, being able to coach people while you're in contest prep, totally different. Um, but you know, they, you know, the things that my clients go through and potential clients and even patients that I work with at my job, um, as they, as they tell me about their experiences or their challenges, that's why I post, you know, because it's not specifically for them, but I'm like, if this is going to help other people, um, maybe with the same type of experience, hopefully that'll, that'll help.
0: Yeah. And that's the right way to do it, man. That's, that's with the right motivation behind it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Very good. Well, no, you, you're, you're good at, you're good at keep, <laughs> keeping the content coming, man. Like it's, it's, it's like a full-time job to create <laughs> content,
1: yeah. One of the thing, yeah. So one of the things that I got into um, wanting to make a business for coaching is I had a mentor reach out to me, a coach that I like, you know, I really looked up to. Um, I didn't ask him, you know, to help me. Um, he reached out to me, and he would meet with, like, he would contact me every Sunday. You know, for, for like a couple months and he, we would discuss like, oh, you know what? This is your goal. You know, this is what we're going to plan around. So this is your homework for the upcoming week. And a lot of the information he gave me, he was like, you know, the way that you post, the way that you connect with people, um, you know, you have to be, um, really, con- you know, uh, consistent with your posts. And that's what's going to allow people to get to know you, um, you know, the type of coaching that you do just through the way that you're posting things. And that, like, hit me hard. I'm like, yeah, that's true, though. Like, everybody sees what you post, um, no matter if they like it or not, you know, and the way that you portray yourself. I mean, it's easy to fall in a trap of, like, you know, you only give snips and pieces of what you want people to see. Right really real with them like hey i'm struggling with this contest prep isn't easy like this is the real ins and outs of what you should be doing or some ideas around it um people are going to gravitate toward you because they're going to see like um you know that your personality through it absolutely what's what what's been like your
0: your uh What media outlets or social media channel have you seen the most feedback on?
1: Uh, I would say that um, it's Facebook. Facebook. And I do Instagram quite a bit. Like, I'm always posting there. And the cool thing is I've had, like, a few people reach out to me on Instagram. I've had somebody from – I'm working with somebody in Slovakia. Coaching her for the past, uh, it's gonna be like six months soon. Um, In the next couple weeks, I've been working with her. She wants to do her first bikini prep. She reached out to me back in like June, and I thought it was almost like I'm. I'm always so hesitant when it's on like Instagram because you never know where these people are coming from. Right. And when they tell me like, oh, I'm in, I'm in Slovakia, I'm like. Okay, number one is I don't really know where that is, and <laughs> is like I hope this is a real person. Yeah, you, you just never know, and that's the scary thing for me personally is just knowing how genuine a person is if they really are um, trying to trap you, or I don't know if I'm just trying to be like being over cautious, but in Facebook it feels a little bit more safe for me. Like right. I a little bit more control. Um but you know, I met with her and been doing Skype and FaceTime, all that good stuff, and it's been going really well. And then I've had another person from the Dominican Republic contact me and she saw all my posts and just been following me for a while. And you know, she needed help with macronutrients and understanding it. And I didn't even I didn't even like charge her. I was just more like yeah, I mean you don't need coaching. You just need more education. You yeah. Know? And, um, another person <laughs> in Cali and she's done a couple figure competitions and the NPC, done really well, but she wanted a flexible approach. So we, I worked with her for 12 weeks. Um, so I have little snippets here and there that will happen from Instagram. Um, uh, but for the most part, screw Facebook. Yeah.
0: Are you gonna get into the YouTube scene and really try and get into that market?
1: Um, I've been doing I do YouTube, um, but not like consistent as consistent as I should be. Um, I've been trying to document my contest prep a little bit more with updates uh, with my YouTube. So I need to be a little bit more religious. I mean, I do have a YouTube channel. It's just like I need to do a little bit more um, marketing, and I think. That's one thing too is when I was you know talking with my mentor, he's like, you know, what's your social media, you know, how do you how do you get information out there? And he's like, YouTube, man, you know, he kept saying like YouTube's a big one because you gotta think about it like you got the Matt Oguses, you've got yeah. Chris Elkins, you've got these people that are really consistent with their content and you know the type of content that people gravitate to, and so you just have to do you and you know spread the word across how you promote it. Absolutely. Yeah, so
0: it's it's. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of discipline dedication. I mean, like, especially, like, the vlogging-style videos, you know, to, like, piece all that together and edit it out. I mean, I've been trying to dabble in that, and it's, it's, it's hard, man. It's hard. And, like, your first videos, your first podcast, your first anything, it's like, this is terrible. <laughs> I,
1: know. I know. Like, when I was first doing YouTube, I was like, oh, man, you got, like, iMovie, like, and you can do stuff on your phone and you can add your own music and all this stuff. And I was like, man, the door is so, there's so many different doors on how you can do it.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: You know? So I think, yeah, it's just, it's something that I definitely have to uh, dive into a little bit more. So
0: that goes for both of us man there's always something new to learn or some new type of marketing strategy to get the content out there for other people to absorb sure sure well i'm excited to see where you take take the business man like what's the what's the end goal long-term
1: big picture yeah the end goal would be man like i honestly uh want to be my own boss. I want to be able to coach people and not have to be strapped to a regular job, you know? And and to be honest with you, like I I, I thrive on seeing other people's progress. Like I do everything on Google Sheets for my clients and I can see everything in live time. So I always like look at their stuff and you know comment on things. I just absolutely love it. Like, I I think that being able to do that for, you know, as a career is something that's realistic, something that I'd love to, you know, um, make happen. So
0: It's it's definitely doable, man. I mean, it can be done. It's just one of the main things I've learned about business, because I've had, like, other things going before Keto Savage. Keto Savage is kind of like the end product of what I've learned over the years but it does not happen quickly it does not happen overnight like everything I've learned in bodybuilding can be directly applied to business like it takes consistent Mm -hmm. discipline dedication hard work over time you know and I'm like not a patient person so it's not easy for me
1: (laughs) (laughs) right yeah it does take time man and for me you know, although I'm I'm working with like five, eight individuals at a time, it allows me to have the time that's necessary to develop my skill set. And although it's not growing like exponentially, the people that come to me now are more referrals, uh, which is really nice. You know, it shows that, even though people have maybe have moved on to like another approach or something new, it's the experience that they had with you. Um, they're like, Hey, you know what? I had a really good experience with, with Michael working with him. I think that you do great. And I even work with, you know, general population. So it's not like you have to be wanting to do a show. Right. And I think the more you have, um, a little bit more open towards helping you know, general population, um, versus just people in context, because we're a small breed, you know, a small population. Uh, but if you really want to help people opening that door with, I can help anybody. Um, you know, all sorts of populations doesn't matter. Um, you know, you open the door of how you market yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, I was looking into being like a diet doc and, you know, working with Dr. Joe, and um, you know, having that type of um, licensee licensure, and um, that was like at the beginning of the year. I was like really like debating to to do that and go through that process. So that might still happen. But um, one of the things that Dr. Joe told me when I talked to him was, it's like, how willing are you? how willing are you to work with the general population? And I was like, I have no problem working with the general population. I actually love people that are driven without having a contest um, end date. And he's like, that's really good because general population, there's a lot more of them. Yeah. And when contest prep and you actually get to get a mix of different uh, mindsets, different types of challenges, and you can grow um, a lot further than some just helping somebody in the contest prep. Um, Absolutely. So,
0: uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of going super niche with the keto uh, yeah. in hopes that it does take off and becomes more mainstream. Yeah. But yeah, you, you definitely don't want. There's a fine. There's a balance for sure. You don't want to find. You don't want to limit uh, your market by any means, <laughs> but. Yeah, I'm trying to become more specialized towards the keto because you know, hopefully, you know, in goal if that if that becomes more mainstream, then I can kind of be seen as you know an expert in that field. Because I don't know, I mean, do you know of any other bodybuilders doing keto?
1: So I only know. So there's one guy, like he, he, uh one of my friends, Josh. He's competed a couple times, and he came from like. You know, being you know, really overweight, and he competed. And he, his second, his second show, he went keto. Really? And, and you know, he he was really into. You know, he's like, yeah, my body just responds a lot better to higher fat. Like for some reason, like I have no desire for carbohydrates. You know, give me the fat. And you know, I, I think he he came in better than what he looked like. You know, his first go-around, his first year of competing. Um, but, yeah, I know he does keto, even for powerlifting. And he's still killing the game. Like, it's insane. Like, this guy is going to probably go to Nationals for powerlifting. And what, what's what's his name again? Uh, Josh Bravo.
0: Let's look him up.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a really nice guy, man. Um, he... Uh, but he's the first person that I've really known that's done Keto through his building, uh, no, through his contest prep. But, I mean, he's not, he wasn't like, you know, he has his own journey of like coming down from such a high weight and, you know, he looked, you know, looked better than what he did his first year competing, which is always the goal. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, he's killing the game in powerlifting, man. Like he is super strong and he's in keto, right? So <laughs>
0: I have to look him up, man. Get him on the podcast. Maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, He's uh he's really cool. I think he's a, uh, what was he, what did he do for a living? I think he's a, he's a coach. He's a high school coach okay. uh, for, for, um, and so he's, uh, he's somebody that you should talk to connect with. Yeah, um,
0: definitely, it's, man. It's, I will reach out to him for sure.
1: In powerlifting. Um, but it was interesting because you brought up the point of you don't know how you're going to fill out. And it was interesting because his coach is my coach. And they did different scenarios. They're like, let's try just overload you with even more fat and see if you fill out. And then they they did like a, a carbohydrate approach just to see what happened um, for him. And he totally looked way better with super high fat really Um, yeah to fill out yeah Yeah. that's that's
0: interesting because like like when i was in the off season although i'm only a week and a half into practice like there's that much difference but uh (laughs) like when i'm on an extreme caloric excess yeah then i fill out and i have a really good pump um and I, i still get a good pump now but it's not the same thing. Maybe it's just because my my belly's not full. I feel like I got a full <laughs> belly. I just feel bigger. <laughs> but, but my approach, I think, in the past, where I would eat, you know, four hundred grams of carbs, five hundred grams of carbs, and that before, I think I'm just going to eat like like two big old ribeye steaks, man. Just the full fat. Yeah. Put some butter on there, and then <laughs> see how that works. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, he. So I was there at the show when he competed, and I was like, dude. So how how did you you know, So that's when he told me, he's like, yeah, we tried an approach where I, I ate, like, cut the carbs, and then I went down to disimposing with my with the coach, and, you know, I didn't look good, man, like, I, you know, I look really soft. Um That was and, his
0: that uh, was his first carb introduction. Like he was keto yeah, yeah. and they just overloaded my carbs right then. Yeah, yeah, just to
1: see like if that was going to do anything. And yeah, he he's like, I can't just I can't assimilate any carbs, man. And then they did a super high fat approach and then boom, that's when he started to look harder and you know, he filled out. And so that's what they went and so when I went to the show. I was at the hotel. I was like, dude, what are you eating? He's like, Well, I got a you know, I got all these whole cool avocados. I've got like all these like he was just going off on all these different fats. And I was like, Man I could never do that. <laughs> so, like But it was just insane on how much he was eating um, yeah. you know, fat content wise. And it's just a different approach, man. Like it was enlightening.
0: I was yeah, like, it's. Oh. I mean fats like That's an essential nutrient, man. You gotta have fat. You know, like (laughs) I talked to, like I think Aaron was saying uh, on his last prep, like he was cutting out fish oil pills because he hadn't like limit that much fat. (laughs) And I'm like, man, that's crazy. (laughs) I'd be just dying right now. (laughs) So, yeah, I definitely do not want to go low. I don't want to feel like I'm starving at all. You know, I don't ever want to feel like my body is malnourished.
1: Yeah, um, I would say that, I would say that right now, this is the highest fat I've ever had. And yeah, I'm not hungry. Like I'm at, I started my contest prep at 120 grams of fat. And you know, for somebody that's, you, you know, not any, you know, doing ketogenic, I mean, 120 grams is pretty nice uh, Yeah, that's a lot. And, and uh, I was like, man, this is the, this is the most fat I've ever had. I'm never hungry. And then like, and even now I'm at 90 grams and you know, usually at this point in prep, I'm down to like 50, you know, 55 and that's where the hunger gets in and, you know, my protein is at, it was a uh, 200 and so those two alone, you know, are definitely making me satiated.
0: Yes. Uh, it's it's for sure man it, you just stay fuller much longer like i'll I'll eat I won't even eat my first meal until like noon today probably and then I'll eat every you know four four or five hours even
1: yeah um,
0: which is nice because it's so much more practical for me than to like have I, I got one of those you know six pack fitness lunch boxes <laughs> yeah. it's just like a suitcase practically and I used to carry that around everywhere and now it's like I could just eat you know three meals a day and be good.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely, you have to think about like what's realistic, you know, what can you stay consistent with, you know, and telling somebody that you have to eat, you know, every few hours or like all that stuff. And if it's not realistic for someone, it just becomes more of a burden. Um, Yeah. I'm able to do it for the long haul, but. Yeah, I mean that shortens the window of time that you get to eat too, so that's even more better because now you get to eat more during those yeah during those meals. Yeah,
0: that's that's nice, man. I I used to like eat seven meals and they'd be like just tiny little bitty Tupperware, <laughs> and I'd like right. savor every little like I'd lick the bottom yeah. of the Tupperware, you know. <laughs> and now it's not quite as bad. I right. can have some sanity while I prep, which is nice.
1: Yeah, because I I've thought about doing like um, you know. Taking components of like intermittent fasting so that you shorten that window of time to eat. I've, I've introduced that to some of my competitors as their food gets less and, you know, and, and they're like, you know, how do I, you know, ensure that I, you know, I'm not eating all my food in these little Tupperwares or they're not, you know, not feeling, you know, as, as hungry. And you just mean to talk about volume and you talk about, Um, you know, intermittent fasting definitely plays a huge role. I think for some people, if you shorten that window of time that you're eating, then you get to you get to have a little bit more in your your plate. Yeah. Visually and mentally, if you see that that bigger plate of food, you're a lot more happier. You know.
0: Do they respond pretty well to the intermittent fasting?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, it's just about like. It's a different mindset though. You have to understand that, hey, if you're going to be eating, you know, in a shorter window of time, is that really realistic for you um, with your family? You know, the way that with your kids, you know, are you willing to do it that way? And a lot of people are like, yeah, man, like I, I don't want to be hungry as much. So. Yeah. It's going to help that. I'm totally going to be doing that. And so some people, yeah, aren't eating until like later on uh, after they get up. They have like their cup of coffee and then they're just good, you know. And after the body gets into a rhythm, a routine, our bodies love to adapt to things, man. Absolutely. And, you know, if it gives you a good routine, it'll stick with it, you know, so.
0: You just got to kind of break that homeostasis point and let it, let it make that routine. <laughs>
1: right yeah you definitely have to do that man and you know with any change to the body you know matter no matter how small or how extreme it is um, we always think that we're going to outsmart the body Body by doing oh I'm going to do this during peak week or I'm going to do this I'm going to manipulate the body but the body's just responding the way that it's supposed to it's not that we're outsmarting it yeah um, and sometimes it doesn't go right because your body <laughs> your body responds differently
0: yep so, Pe- peak week Man, I've heard way too many peak week disasters (laughs) to try and change things too much. Like, I don't know. I mean, if you, I would be scared to manipulate something that I've never done before on peak week. Like, if I've done it and it's tried and true, then I would have an extreme change if I've done it, you know, for past competitions. But it blows my mind as somebody who's never done something before. We'll mm-hmm. put, like, three, four, five, six months of work into a prep and then just totally alter that into something that they've never tried or experimented with, and then their body just freaks out on them and they're, they act surprised, you know?
1: <laughs> they're like, why, why, what happened? Yeah. Uh, you know, and always the complaint is, like, I always look better the day after. Yep. And, and yep. you know, I'm like why, why is that? And I'm like, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's interesting when people come to you, I always ask people what they've done in their previous approaches, what they've done during peak week. And you just, you just have no idea like how many people come to me and say, you know, I was, I was dying my last week. I mean, the, you know, peak week. And I was like, really, you should start feeling good during your last week, you know? yeah. As you're filling it out, toning back on the volume that you're doing, the cardio, and they're like, really? And I was like, yeah, and you know, and how you do things, they're taking out water, they're taking out sodium, they're manipulating these things and they just don't feel great. And then that, their performance on that stage after so many months of working, um, it's very heartbreaking. And, yeah. you know, because especially if it's their first time, their second time. And it's always like at least refreshing that they're willing to try it again because that's one of my biggest things is that if you have a coach, if you put your trust in somebody and they do you wrong and you know that, that could turn you off from even doing anything fitness related.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: You know, like, my body just doesn't respond well. My coach told me, like, you know, to do this, and it didn't work. And now that I can't, I don't, you know, I'm just lost. And so I've seen people come back from, you know, eating, you know, binging and, you know, having all these issues with food um, and just their bodies, you know, are, are just wrecked after prep. And, no, so trying to pick up the pieces and give them something that's more sustainable. I think I've worked with like a couple people where they perhaps weren't even on their minds anymore. They're just more I need to be healthy. Again. Yeah. And being stuck in a you know eating really a lot less from what they're doing and seeing them be like after working with them a couple months they're like hey let's build your calories back up and having them realize that they can eat more and not put on weight, actually lose weight. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, it's it's just very, uh disheartening.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, it is, man. It is. People, they put so much emphasis on the show, and on show day, that they lose sight of why they ever got into the sport in the first place, mm-hmm. which is to be healthy. Yep. You know, and, th- that's, that's the point that, I mean, we all want to just drive home with ourselves, and with our clients. Like, the shows are great you know but the shows don't mean anything if we give ourselves a heart attack in five years you know
1: yeah exactly so exactly yeah man I mean you gotta you gotta look at the, the long the long vision of what you want to do you know I think uh, when it comes down to competing it shouldn't be like I'm only a bodybuilder I'm only a fitness competitor I'm only you know that's what makes me me um, you know, there has to be other components in your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, absolutely.
1: You know, and if you're, I always tell people, you know, if you're healthy, um, when it comes down to your, you know, if you're healthy, then great. You're in a good position to contest prep, you know, take, you know, take it to another level. But if you're coming in already with body image issues, already with nutrition or food, um, you know food issues and you know psychological issues, contest prep is probably not the best bet for you yeah oh
0: you, you've got be you've got to be open minded but solid in yourself as an individual and accepts where you're at as just where you're at and make the most of it um yeah, I completely agree with that and and people i don't know like if they go in to contest prep, trying to fix something that's already broken, yep. then it's, it's only going to make it worse. Yep. Um, so Definitely. I agree completely on that one. And you can't, nothing about, you know, body issues or image issues rather is prep, bodybuilding is like an individual sport. People don't, I mean, you, you step on stage for two minutes, five minutes, or in your case, 30 minutes <laughs> with other competitors, you know, one day out of the year. But I mean, bodybuilding is a lifetime or is a lifestyle and it's you against you. And you cannot focus on who else is going to be on stage because then you won't have fun and then you'll beat yourself up. And then you'll just like, I, yeah, you got to just do you and bring your best physique. And if you came in better than you did last time, then you've already won.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I just, I just talked to one of my clients yesterday and she brought up like, man, like seeing people on social media, like on, you know, their, their stage day. I'm like, I'm not far away from that. You know, like what I should be looking at. And I was like, put things into perspective. Like they, they're already tanned up. They're already done with their process. They're on stage ready. You know, you're taking photos in your bathroom, you know, you're in your kitchen, you know, yeah. for like of course it's not gonna look the same. Yeah. And you know, it's it's very interesting. You know, your your mentality definitely goes out the window when you're in prep. Yeah. And you're just like, man, my my psyche is just done, man. And I think that's one of the cool things as a coach is that you are like. You're not just that person that gives them a plan for the week, and you're like, oh, see you later. Talk to you in about a week, hopefully," or give your check-in. I mean, it's a twenty-four-seven thing, and mm-hmm. you know, I think being able to be that lifeline for people, um, you know, it—you definitely need to. You know, realize that yeah, you're that person that they're going to rely on because when their psyche goes a little little nutsos, um, you're going to bring them back down to ground. You know, bring them back to the ground um, and see, make them make them realize that this is the big picture. This is where you're at, and you, you can you can calm down a little bit. You, know, you can relax, and um, I think that's you know I've had every competitor goes through that though.
0: Yep, and, and it's, that's where kind of you draw a line between it being a healthy activity mm-hmm. and, and the more you can make it healthy and sustainable and enjoyable. Yep. I mean, bodybuilding and contests contest are euphoric. I mean, after you step off the stage, there's nothing else like it. But if you're miserable the entire time, mm-hmm. it's just… And it'd be nice if you could enjoy the entire process and still feel that way at the end. And it is possible, you know, you just have to <laughs> go into it with the right mindset.
1: Yeah, but I think as long as you're open to do different approaches, you know, I, I think we do both did like the bro dieting thing and then we found like what was working. You did flexible dieting and I'm doing flexible dieting and then you went to keto. Like, you know, you finding that approach that's gonna help you make progress and at the end of the day if you can enjoy it, if you can be consistent with it and find results that you're seeking after, I mean that's the approach you stick with, man. Like Absolutely. So uh,
0: Yes indeed, you just gotta find out what you perform best with and it makes it better for you. You know, everybody's individual. There's no there's no mold for us all.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Well, Micah we've been on the call for one hour and nineteen minutes and forty two <laughs> seconds. So I can talk with you all day long, man. You're super knowledgeable and good guy, just all around good guy. Um we have to do a round two or something in the future.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, man.
0: So what's uh real quick, what's what's a good way for people to get in touch with you?
1: Um so I have my my IG, which is I'm I'm like highly active on. Like I'll post multiple times throughout the day. Um but it's Crazy Korean underscore TMNT, so it's KRZ underscore. Oh, KRZ Korean underscore TMNT. And then I have a YouTube that I'm going to be definitely a little bit more active on. It's just TMNT Fitness.
0: All right. Yeah. And you get your Facebook. What's what's that one?
1: My Facebook is just Mike Massey. Yeah, nothing special. All right, man. I'll, I'll
0: put links on the show notes for all those too. Make it easy for people to get a hold of you. Cool. All right, man. Well, it's been a pleasure, Micah. I certainly appreciate the time, good sir. And I will be eagerly awaiting our next encounter on the stage.
1: Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited, man. I appreciate you uh, reaching out and and wanting to have me on your podcast. Um, but I appreciate what you do too, man. Like as far as your Um, how you go about your posts and how you're trying to do something different and break down walls of what people's misconceptions are when it comes down to keto. Um, Because for a while, I was one of those people, you know. And But after understanding what it does and what it can do for people... You know, it's whatever approach is going to help you make progress, man.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate that a lot, man. I mean, life's a journey, you know. You just got to experiment. You got to put yourself out there. You can't be afraid to step outside of the box. And that's what we're all doing right now.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, brother. We'll all be in touch with you soon, man.
1: Okay, right on.
0: Take care, buddy.